But a mom's heart is put into her from God. And we're going to learn from moms today about God. Last Sunday we talked about God. We're going to learn more about the heart of God today. And it is a special role. It changes our lives. A mother's heart changes who we are. It meets needs that are unique. And in many ways, we really shouldn't be surprised because Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, In the image of God He created, male and female, He created them. Now, if you think about the concept of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God definitely exists as three persons. He's Jesus' Father. And then you have the Son of God, Jesus And you have the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we take that and we view God as male. And so then female is kind of this other category. But the Bible says, no, that's not how it works. God is male and female. Both men and women were created in the image of God. Men were not created in the image of God and then women were created in the image of men. That's that's not what the Bible says. Male and female, He created them. And so, the differences that are hardwired into who we are as men and women, they all exist back in the heart of God. But there are unique qualities about God that we really live with those examples uh, with the moms in our life. And, you know, in the church family, the the great thing is you actually have more than one mom. Uh, You will have more than one female that mothers you from time to time when you you need that. And sometimes when you don't need that, you will have a lot of uh, moms that will get in there and help. But it's one of the, the great things about the church is those aunts and uncles, it's those connections. But when you care, when you love the way a mom loves, you just can't help but do that. Children will try and convince their moms, stop worrying about me, I'm fine. Every mom knows that that is impossible. Uh, Mom's connected to the kids. And through all the highs and the lows, the mom's heart goes through it. And so we're going to look at three different unique qualities of a mom's heart today, and we're going to learn about God through that. So first of all, a mom comforts. Now, you might remember in in the New Testament a few times where Jesus says, I long to gather you as a hen gathers the chicks under her wings. You know, if you didn't grow up around a farm, you might not have had a picture of what that looks like, so... I said, well, here's, here's what it looks like. The chickens, they run for cover under mama's wings. And the fact is, that still occurs today. You know, a little kid gets scared or hurt. What do they do? They run to mom. Because there's something about that mother's hug. There's something about the comfort of a mom that is a difference maker in their life. 
And God uses this analogy for you and I to connect with, with God. And we're going to read from Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49, starting in verse 13. Isaiah says, Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. And God uses this mother's comfort. And he says, that's, that's who I am. I, I have a question for you. Do you run to God the way you ran to your mom when you were a little kid? When life is rough, when you're hurting, when you're discouraged, when you're mad, when there's just something that's on your heart, do you run to God and say, we have to have a talk? I need your help. I need your love. You know, oftentimes we, we grow up and we go, well, that's good. I remember in college feeling like it was no longer a mature thing to hug adults anymore. Now, I'd hugged my whole life, Now, but I would still hug mom, but started shaking hands with dad, and I thought, oh, you know, that's just what you do. But it was different, and you think, oh, I'm mature now, so I don't need to do that in the same way. You know, sometimes that's how we function as Christians. We go, I'm mature now. I don't need to act like a young Christian. I don't need to be totally dependent on God. I don't need to go for Him for everything because I've got a lot of wisdom now. I know what the Bible says. I've got a lot of experience. And so, yeah, 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 God's good. And if it really gets bad, then I'll go to Him. You know what? God says, come to me. You know, Zion accused God of forgetting about him. Maybe you can relate to that. You feel like, does God really see? Does God really know? Does God really care what I'm going through in my life right now? I mean, it doesn't matter. And God searched for a way to say yes to that. And he looked at a mother's love for her child. And he said, that's how I feel about you. Oh, yes. It actually says that God has a tattoo on his palm. He said, I have you engraved on the palm of my hand. You know, you ever, you ever seen those things at a fair where they engrave Bible verses or things on a grain of rice? You ever seen that? It takes that size of printing if you're going to engrave like 7 billion people on, on your palm. But I guess God has a big palm. But, you know, he, he looks at his hand and there's your name. He sees you. He sees your face. He's reminded of your life. He knows what you went through this morning when you woke up. He, he knows what was on your heart last night when you went to bed. 
He knows the hurts and the pains he experienced last year. And he knows what lies in store. And when you feel disconnected, God said, no. You know, the best example that you can hear of how I feel about you is that nursing mom. So that's how I feel about you. God said, oh, I want, I want to gather you. I want to comfort you so that you know I'm with you and everything's going to be okay. You know, you may have noticed around the fellowship some, some of the new young moms. And, uh, you, you know, there's some gathering that goes on and some comforting. I, I've seen, uh, you know, on the left, you've got Lashana with Levi. And Levi's highly mobile now. So he's, there's gathering that occurs in the fellowship. And if Levi's upset, then he goes to his mom. You know, Hunter, my grandson. I'll be holding him, and then he cries. And then give him to his mother, and all of a sudden he stops crying. I'm like, hey, Hunter, you can't be hanging me out to dry like that. I mean, we're buddies. I'm going to give you cake and ice cream. We're going to do fun things together. We're going to stay up late, play video games. You can't make me look bad like that in front of your mom. But it really is amazing. You know, a kid will be crying and then mom hugs it. And all of a sudden the baby stops crying. And God says, that's who I am in your life. That's not God saying that's who I want to be in your life. He goes, no, I'm already that mother's love in your life. The question is, do you see it? Do you connect with it? And do you go to God in that way? Mother comforts, and so does our God. Second thing I want to look at, number two, beware of mama bear. Isn't that a great picture? Got the little cubs behind it. Okay, mom, you go get them. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that God compares himself to an angry mama bear. Go to Hosea 13, verse 8. God takes it personally when his children get messed with. And in Hosea 13, verse 8, says this, Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. Like, that's kind of cool. I mean, sort of kind of cool. God takes it personally when people mess with his children. Yeah, that ought to make you feel pretty good. Yeah, you ever watch a movie and there's some antagonist in there? That's just mouthy and stirring things up all the time and causing problems to all the good-hearted people in the movie. And you're, you're just so mad. And then, like, in the end of the movie, somebody comes in and deals with that person. And you're like, oh, good. They deserve that. I'm glad this movie ended that way. 
You know, in Romans 12, the Bible says, do not take revenge. It says, leave room for the wrath of God. It says, it is mine to avenge. You see, God is an angry mama bear when injustice happens to us. Do you realize how much emotional effort we waste thinking about uh, taking revenge in unjust situations? And God's like, listen, you relax, little baby bear. I got this. You know, you've heard the term mama bear. You know, we got a lot of mama bears in the church. You know, the, the first one that came to mind. Oh, yeah. Now, she's got boxing gloves on, so you can't see her doing this. But if you lip off about any of the O'Connor baby cubs... The mama bear, like, you guys, if you don't know Jen, you think, oh, she is so sweet. Uh-huh. I've got a little life experiment for you. Lip off about one of her kids. You'll get that. You'll get a face. And she may take off the gloves and have at it. She's a mama bear. You know, we got a lot of mama bears in the church, and you know what? That is a godly quality. You say, you don't mess with my brothers and sisters. No way. I will defend them. No, you want to talk about my brothers and sisters in Christ? You're going to deal with me. Do you defend your church family? You know, there ought to be some mama bear in all of you. Why? Because it's the heart of God. What do you say? I'm going to attack and rip you open. You say, well, I thought we were supposed to turn the other cheek. Well, God used this analogy. It's in the Bible. But the fact is, God will take revenge. You know, I remember once the, the, the brothers in the Toronto church, we rented a hockey rink and we, we were playing hockey at one in the morning. And we came back and it came time to pay the bill. And I got my wallet out and I said, guys, um, I don't know where my money is. It's gone. And somebody else said, hey, my money has gone, too. And while we were out there, and they give you the only key to your locker room, so you all get dressed, and before you go on the ice, you lock your locker room. So somebody got in there and cleaned out every wallet of God's children while we were having a good time playing hockey. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get a videotape of the life of this poor, sorry human that did it. But I'm confident of this. God made their life miserable. <laughs> and I actually kind of relish the thought of it. I go, I hope they got fired from their job. I hope they got sick. I hope they got unexpected bills. I hope they got speeding tickets. You know why? You don't steal from God's children. And God just says, oh, well, that's a bummer. I know God punished that person. 
So I was kind of miffed. You know, it's 40 bucks in my wallet that got stolen. It wasn't the end of the, 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 the world. But you know what? I took great comfort in knowing God would deal with that person. You know, this is before they had, like, the cameras and all that kind of stuff, before you knew, so we couldn't track it down. But you got situations going on in your life where you've been treated unfairly and unjust. God is a great mama bear, and he will deal with those people. He's highly protective of you. He says, you know what? No need for you to take revenge. God says, you stand behind me. You go live your life and play. He said, I will deal with them. You see, you got to beware of the mama bear, and there ought to be some of that in each one of us. Now, what's the third thing? This one. A mom stirs up the nest. Go to Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 11. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. Say, so what it's talking about. Actually, I should have, should have started in verse 10. It says, He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. And then it makes that analogy. It's talking about how God took care of his people. And as Moses is about to conclude his life, he wanted God's people to know, here's how God worked with you. And what was the analogy? He said like that mother eagle that stirs up the nest to get those young eaglets, that's a baby eagle, out of the nest to go and fly. He says, don't worry, I'll catch you. But that's what moms do. They stir up the nest. You go, yeah, but it's comfortable in the nest. I don't have to do my laundry. They cook for me. My bills are all paid. You know what? God didn't treat us that way. God stirs things up. Right when you start feeling comfortable, God says, okay, time to get out of the nest. You know what would never happen if an eaglet stayed in the nest? Would never fly. Can you imagine the life of an eagle that spent its whole life just hanging out in the nest? Like, no, that's, that's not how we imagine eagles. We're like, no, eagles soar high in the sky. They fly fast. They're great hunters. They, they have, you know, incredible things that they do. That's what we think of eagles. But if it didn't get stirred up to get out of the nest, it wouldn't live out its destiny. You know, there's some of us that we're hanging around in the spiritual nest. What's life look like? Oh, it's nice and comfortable and, you know, we don't have much responsibility. If there's any problems, our Bible talk leader will fix it. And if they're really big, then we'll talk 
to the staff member, and if they're really, really big, we'll call Jerry Sugarman the elder. And it's just great. I can just sit around in my spiritual nest and come to church and get fed. Life's so good. God says, nah, I got different plans for you. He goes, I did not create you to hang out in the nest. He said, I created you to soar, to fly, to go adventure, to do spectacular things. But right now in this room, there are some of us that are too afraid to get out of the nest. And God is pushing. God is prodding. God is stirring up the nest. Every single one of us can think of multiple conversations that our mother had with us that we didn't like at the time. And maybe, you know, as a teenager, you were like, Mom, quit bugging me. Quit nagging me. Quit stirring up the nest. Or modern phrase, quit freaking out. To which I always said, I should actually freak out so you know what freak out looks like, and then you won't accuse this of freaking out. But a good mom stirs up the nest. It would be weird if your children are 40 years old and they're, and they're hanging on to your leg because they're afraid to go out and live life in the world. You don't go, oh, I'm so proud of my son. He just, like, won't leave my side. Like, sons, you need to love your mom. But if you're still holding on to her leg and you're 40 years old, time to leave the nest. How mature are you spiritually? Are you soaring spiritually? Are you still in the nest? You go, yeah, but I'm afraid. You know what? God says, I got that covered. He paints this picture. He goes, you kind of fall down out of the sky. And eagle nests are not low, just so you understand that concept. So they're up high. He says, you fall, I'll, I'll catch you on my wings. God knows we're going to fall. That's part of the developmental process. Maturity does not, oh, the first time you fly, it's going to be spectacular. You're going to be so amazing. No. And the same thing's true in our spiritual life. But some of us, we don't want to get out of the nest because we're afraid of falling to the ground. And God's like, I got you. That's not failure. You go, well, it didn't go very well. I remember the first Bible talk I led. I remember being so excited to lead a Bible talk. University of Toronto. And sat down, and I had this glorious vision of how Bible talk was going to go. It was done, complete, in like six minutes. I read a verse, I asked three questions, and they were terrible questions because they were, okay, so do you want to be like Jesus or do you want to be like the Pharisees? And they said, Jesus. Okay, next question. So you see why it lasted about five, six minutes. I don't remember leaving going, that was so lame. That wasn't quite the picture I had in mind. 
You know, I think God smiled. He's like, yeah, you did a pretty good job, fluttering eagle. I caught you. You know, little would I have known at that point I had a, a future career in the ministry. If you, if I videoed that Bible talk, you would have been like, seriously, Ron? That, that's what you had for him? That was your best effort? And they asked you to go in the ministry? <laughs> yeah, talk to Mark Mancini about that. He was the one. But God is pushing. So how are you responding to God's push in your life? Because the question is not, is he pushing? Oh, he's pushing. Sometimes he pushes through life situations. Sometimes he pushes through other people in your life. Different authority in your life. Are you humble? Are you doing well with it? Are you getting dug deeper in the nest? Listen, it's God's hand at work. Life's not supposed to be comfortable. That's when we chill out after we die. Okay? God is pushing and He's moving. You know, we got some moms that stir up the nest. Here's one. She stirs up the nest in the Felici home, but she also... She she works on the eaglets in this in the uh, singles ministry too. That's right. She stirs things up. Oh yeah. You know we need to stir things up in each other's lives. Why? Because you got a vision for people soaring. You see, the mother eagle knows that the baby eagle can do more than what the baby eagle thinks it can do. And so it's not afraid to push because it has a vision for where the people around them can go. You see, that's the heart of God. You don't push people to do beyond what they think they can unless you really believe they're capable of it. But all of us can remember talks in our life where it was those, those uh, encouragement or challenging talks that got us over the hump. To go and try something we never believed we were capable of. And we thank God for that talk. It changed our life. We need to be uh, just like the heart of God. We need to stir up the nest. You know, moms, you guys play an amazing role in our life. And I just wanted to close with a picture from my past. I'm the better looking one. Not sure which one. Uh, but anyway, but moms, thank you, because not only do we learn directly from you, but we also learn about the heart of God from you. And on Mother's Day, as a church, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for the love that you've shown us and one another in the church family. Thank you the way that you've loved your family. But thank you for the example that you set in our lives that we can learn about God who created them male and female. God has hardwired you in a unique way with qualities in the heart of God so that we can see it lived out 
we can put it into practice in our lives. Thank you, moms. Have an awesome, awesome Mother's Day.